Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pony Express, the flagship podcast of the Post Rider Podcast Network. As not always, but as often, I'm your host, Post Rider Editor in Chief Michael Levito. And in today's episode, I am joined by two distinguished gentlemen, uh, two Hollywood luminaries, I think we can safely say. Um, the first, of course, is Post Rider contributor Lewis Ryan. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me back again. Of course. And uh, our, our our good friend from the With a Gay Twist podcast, Zachary Bird. Wow. Uh, distinguished uh, <laughs> gentleman uh, and luminary? Wow. Um, I've never felt so honored. <laughs> I, I'm trying to adopt a regal tone because in this episode we will be discussing the 95th Academy Awards, all the glitz, all the glamour, all the deep reverence for tradition um, that's been, I guess, reinstated after what was kind of a cluster last year. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive a bit deeper into that as we go on. But I do have a quick icebreaker trivia question for the two of you. I know I the trivia. answer to it, which is the reason why I'm asking it. But So two of the films nominated for Best Picture this year are Tar and Elvis. And with those nominations, Kate Blanchett, who is in Tar, and Tom Hanks, who is very memorably in Elvis, um, have now each appeared in 10 Best Picture nominees. Uh, there are three other performers who have appeared in at least 10 Best Picture nominated films. Uh, the record is eleven. One per, one person has eleven has appeared in eleven, and there are two that have also other. There are two other than Blanchett and Hanks who have appeared in ten. Can you name these three performers? And I have two hints if you want them. I'm going to go with Samuel L. Jackson. That is incorrect. Denzel. Also incorrect. Damn. Robin Williams. Also incorrect. John Goodman. No. Alec Baldwin. No. Woody Allen. <laughs> no. Bill Cosby. No. I do, would you like two hints? I'll sure. I'll, let's take hit number one. Okay. Uh, the first hint is that they're all men. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second hint this is not like a very helpful hint, but I'll throw it in there. So one is relatively young. One is fairly old and the other is very old but they're all still alive oh but they're all still alive okay i was yes. gonna say like henry fonda but he's yeah. dead. um this is a i really like this trivia <laughs> uh i'm gonna say about michael keaton no ian mckellen no. Ian McKellen's a good guess. Another hint is that they're all American. Oh, all American. <sighs> this can't possibly be entertaining for people to listen to. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you another hint. They're all very famous. Like, they are some of the most famous actors who ever appear in movies. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what was holding me back. Mm-hmm. I need to think of more famous people. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, it's not like it's not like uh, it's not like 
you know, John Cazale appearing in like five best picture movies. It's N- uh, Nicholson. Yep, he is one of them. He's the very old one. And what, what you said, so that's the very old person who yes. is, and, who, and the other person's fair, fairly young. I say relatively young, but younger I younger than Nicholson. Uh, yeah, the 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 next two are both younger than Nicholson. Um, I would say the one the one that is rel- oh yes, uh, um, it's um Morgan Freeman. No. Oh man. Um, I would say the one that's relatively young is young by the measure of Jack Nicholson and the other person, but um, his age relative to other people has often been a topic of discussion. Leo? Yes. Leo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio has appeared in 10 Best Picture nominees. Wow. And That's then, surprising. Um, well, you know, he's... That's the thing is you Titanic, realize... A lo- Gangs of New York aviator departed yep uh don't look up you realize that a lot of these actors are helped by like the 10 nominee thing um and then uh the last one like i said think about like people who are considered like some of the greatest actors of all time when you said you had two hints i thought you were gonna come up with like riddles or something i i should (laughs) have just arbitrary statements um this person has arms (laughs) <laughs> so this I, person I, I, is it, I think it, go ahead right oh. bet, between leo and jack nicholson in age yes which i think is like gives you like 40 or 50 years um it's not one of my one of my boston cohorts matt or ben no it isn't they're they're closer to Nicholson than than Leo in age. Oh, uh, trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson. No, it is not. That's a good guess, though. It's not Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, thank you. Would I would it help if I told you that this person has won two Oscars? One it one 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 supporting one lead. Al Pacino. That's very close. Joe Pesci. That's... Harvey Keitel. <laughs> You're really <laughs> dancing around it. <laughs> uh, Jerry Lewis, Liza Minnelli, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. No, they're all white uh, men, or, or they're, they're all American men. They, they're also all white. This person is white. Um. Uh. Um, oh, um, Billy Crystal. No, but you said that you were close. Uh, makes me think of. Um, are you talking to me? Uh, oh my God! What is his name? <laughs> Brian De Palma, Martin no. Scorsese, <laughs> Taxi Driver. <laughs> yes, it's Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro <laughs> has the record appearing in eleven Best Picture nominees. His like five-minute scene in American Hustle counts. Um. Which feels like a little bit of a cheat, but uh, yeah. They also, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Kate Blanchett, and Tom Hanks have all been appeared in ten or more Best Picture nominees. Um, and if folks are interested, I created a Sporkle quiz where you can name all of the movies, all of the nominees they appeared in, if you are so interested in. Um, uh, so yeah, 
I thought that was a little fun way to start the show. We'll see if listeners agree. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so let, let, let's get into it. Let's get into the Oscars. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start by asking you first, Zach. So when Lewis and I recorded this podcast last year, we talked about kind of why we were interested in the Oscars and all of that. What, what is your relationship like to, to the Oscars? Well, how did you first get interested in them? Have you always been interested in them? Are you even interested in them, in, in them now, or you just feel like being on a podcast? <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of the Oscars as a, I mean, I was a, a cinephile even as a, as a kid. And so the, the Oscars have always been the Super Bowl for me, especially considering I'm not much of a sports fan. So I've always enjoyed them. I think they're, it's interesting because there has become the, the Super Bowlification of the Oscars over the last 20 years where it's no longer just an award ceremony where we want to recognize and honor the greatest in film for the last year. Now it's a gimmick. How can we spice this up? How can we, you know, get more young people to watch and such? I think we all remember with much dismay the Oscars hosted by James Franco and mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway. Uh, oof, ouch. Um, I wish they wouldn't try to do all that shit. I wish they would just, let's just have a night where we honor the greatest in in film. And yeah, we can have some fun along the way. Let's have a, a funny person be the host. Let's crack some jokes at people. But let's just make it a night where we celebrate and not this this sort of, hacky this hack like gimmick of you know trying to turn it into a circus yeah I, I tend to agree and what strikes me about this year's oscars is it seems like they're trying to do that at least a little bit right mm. um they've gotten rid of these sort of fan voted awards that uh were infamously i uh, sort of uh taken over i guess by Zack snyder fans although i know i'm speaking to two Zack snyder fans right now um, and I think technically it was more taken over by bots than the yeah. fans themselves, even though the bots were probably created by the fans. I was going to say, the bots, they had to be made by somebody. Um, and then, of course, you had uh, the pre-taped awards that were given out for some sort of like less uh, famous awards, which upset a lot of people. And then, of course, you had just the cherry on top, the, uh, the Will Smith-Chris Rock slap, which... Um, the over-under on slap jokes, I, I would be interested to see because I feel like they kind of want to ignore that. But do, do we feel optimistic about how, how this show might go this year? Do, do we feel... Not, I'm not even talking about like how like who's going to win the awards, but just like in general, like the broadcast. Do we think it'll be an improvement? Do we think it'll be okay? Or do we think it's just going to kind of be bad? I think it's going to be an improvement simply based on the fact that they have not pre-announced any of these bullshit things like pre-taped things. There's no fan favorite, the uh, film that they're going to do. We're just doing a run of the mill show with a host and they're not trying for any gimmick. So I think so far it's going to be better. Well, as long as there's not physical violence on television. Right. Do you have any thoughts, Lewis? I think Jimmy Kimmel is, you know, an old hand at this by now so there'll be probably be more stability than last year's telecast but uh in terms of my personal opinion i think i'm like kind of done because like i think last year kind of broke me in terms of the telecast and it's just like i kind of just want the oscars to be canceled (laughs) 
and uh, which is a shame because I think actually looking at the slate of uh, best pe- best picture nominees at least I think this was a really strong year for for movies but uh, I'm I'm kind of done even though I will be watching the telecast so uh, maybe it'll change my mind but let we'll see yeah I mean I feel like liking the Oscars but also complaining about the Oscars is kind of it just comes I think uh, with being a, a, interested in this kind of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's just a thing you do every year that you get to complain about. And my feeling is that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's three hours out of my Sunday night. What else am I going to be doing on my Sunday night? Um, but, but to, to your point, Lewis, I do think even before the slap happens, and even if you take out the sort of the fan voted awards and the, um, the, the, the pre-tape stuff, I just felt like last year's show was like objectively poorly produced. Like, I just felt like people were, like, just missing, like, cuts to different cameras. Um, I know a lot of people were upset about the in-memoriam and how it seemed to kind of, like, foreground the performers of the in-memoriam as opposed to the people who were being memorialized. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm kind of, like, uh, optimistic that with Jimmy Kimmel at the helm, um, you know, we'll, we'll at least it, it'll be a bit more of a steady thing. I think we kind of know what to expect from him. And I just think we're we're probably on a path towards where like, you know, the SAGs were broadcast on Netflix's YouTube account this year as opposed to the Turner stations. And I do almost wonder if something like that's going to happen with the Oscars down the line. But uh, not until 2028, which is when the ABC has the contract until. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, after all that kind of... Uh, skeptical somewhat cynical discussion let's let's talk about the awards themselves um as we did last year we're going to skip uh discussing the shorts because nobody on this call it sounds like watched any of the shorts i watched one of them uh stranger at the gate which was actually like a new yorker video it's a it's a fascinating story told and i think uh with like way too many drone shots but i would encourage people to seek it out because it is like an insane story the the nutshell version is it's about a guy who um it's about like an uh, an iraq and afghanistan veteran who who comes back from the war um with a serious case of ptsd and also kind of like ingrained islamophobia who uh plans to to commit an act of terror himself and then all of a sudden there's there's kind of a twist that um is actually quite surprising um so i encourage people to seek that out is De Niro in that? <laughs> he, he, he is not. Um, he may have produced it, though. I don't know. Um, but let's get into uh, these awards. And let's start just at the bottom of the Wikipedia page, because that's what I pulled up, um, which is Best Visual Effects. And the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar the Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Folks, what do we think will win and what do we think should win? I mean, for me, I think it's an easier, this is an easier category. A lot of, I mean, all of these films do have great, great special effects. But one of them, the entire movie is a special effect. Right. Uh, and so I think it is, it is, it is going to, and it should go to uh, Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah, I, I similarly agree. I mean, I'm surprised Women Talking wasn't nominated for this category, but since it wasn't, I'm going to give it to uh, Avatar. Yeah. The barn was totally CG the whole yes. time. Um, Claire Foy's performance, fun fact, entirely mocap. Um, 
<laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, this this is this is a layup, right? It, it's going to be Avatar, and it should be Avatar. Like we'll, we'll talk about it later, but um, I've always been a little bit of an Avatar skeptic. Um, but I, there's no denying just the, the the technical skill on display, and you know, he he made not water look like water. Like what else? What else do you need? Um, what else could you possibly ask out of out of out of that movie? Um, moving on now to best film editing, uh, which people always say correlates with best picture, although in recent years it kind of hasn't. Um, we have the nominees are The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. I it's uh, so this is an issue where for for the Academy Awards you the voting members of each category you have to be a member of that particular category so actors vote for actors editors vote for editors and such which i think is appropriate because what do actors know about editing Mm -hmm. um probably nothing maybe some do um and so that's why so as a non-editor it is hard for me to judge how good the editing could be deeper than a very sort of rudimentary level um, it is sometimes said that it, people confuse best editing with most editing. That just because something has a lot of cuts, I think about something like Elvis, some, that Baz Luhrmann classic style of that frenetic, kinetic type of style, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. Um, and so it's difficult for me to know how to judge that being the best. However, I will say, I think everything everywhere all at once is... A very interesting choice not only because of it's also moments of very frenetic kinetic editing um but also the way that it's done and the way that they've sh- they they edit to show the multiple universes at once with the split screens that are cracked i think that's a very interesting choice uh does it make it the best i don't know but it would it would get my vote um yeah i mean it's hard to say i mean I think everything everywhere all at once will get it just because it is like the most editing you can get out of it. I would argue as someone who is an editor, by no means a professional, that best editing would be like the most uh, subliminal editing where you don't even like notice it or think about it. Um, So I think I would maybe give it to Tar in that case. But Top Gun Maverick, they they did do a lot of editing, making sure they didn't mention the name of the enemy country. So maybe... (laughs) that might win yeah I, I i agree with both of you where i think uh everything everywhere all at once will probably win because as you said it is like the most editing it's the flashiest editing which is kind of a funny thing to say about editing um and actually i believe zach that the uh it's so like the the editors nominate the editing nominees but i think the entire oh like all, all the voters vote for editing like or for, oh. for every category right um so I, and I think that's actually another like kind of argument in ev- everything ever all at once's favor is that people will mm. see it and it'll be the flashiest and they'll be like, ah, I noticed the editing in that. So that's, that's what I'll vote for. Cause, um, yeah, I, I liked Tar, but I'll be honest, like, I didn't really notice the editing in that. I noticed that, you know, there were cuts, but, um, I, I would have to agree that it, it's probably going to go to everything everywhere all at once a movie that uh needs a shorter title if only for this podcast so i can save some breath but anyway um best costume design we've got babylon black panther wakanda forever elvis 
everything everywhere all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I think that Ruth Carter uh, not only is... I mean, she, she won for the, the, the first Black Panther film uh, uh, two years ago, or three mm-hmm. years ago. Highly deserved. Um, and I think that her work in Black Panther once again, uh, in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is once again uh, truly stunning. Um, that being said, I have always had a soft spot for Catherine Martin. Uh, I think she does beautiful work uh, ever since Moulin Rouge was when I f- first sort of became aware of her. And I, I think Elvis is, is a very, uh, it, that's it's going to be its contender. So I, I believe it's going to be between those two. Um, I think personally it's going to go to Babylon, mm. but I think in my heart I would like to see Elvis win. Interesting. That's my thought. Um, I, I also think Elvis is going to win because I think the cost... Well, I don't, I don't think it's going to win. Oh, That's what I right. said I want to win. Right. Well, Zach thinks it's going to win. Um, but, uh... That's interesting you picked Babylon. I think I'll win some other awards, but but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, it always feels like when in doubt, pick the period piece, and I guess Babylon is, is the most period piece, although I think Mrs. Harris goes to Paris is too, but I haven't seen that. Um, but Elvis is also a period piece, and it is recreating these kind of iconic, very lavish costumes. And um, even, like, the glasses alone that, like, Elvis is wearing in the scene on the runway when he's in the limo really, like, stood out to me. So I, I, I think it'll be Elvis because I think... There is probably more support for this movie in the Academy that I think most people realize. And uh, I could I just see it having coattails in this category. Um, best makeup and hairstyling, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. This is another tricky one because uh, makeup and hairstyling uh, also includes things like prosthetics, uh, which is where The Whale really comes in um the prosthetics worn by uh brendan fraser are uh quite amazing and uh the same for elvis as well and for me measuring up prosthetics against traditional hair and makeup is uh very tricky so something like um you know yeah like a good a good period piece a sense and sensibility type where the wigs and the makeup are all, you know, this, this big focus. How do you compare that to someone wearing a 400-pound fat suit? Yeah. Um, those just, they, they seem like very different styles of art. And here they all get sort of lumped together. And I, that's, that's where I find it tricky. Um, if, I, if I had to pick, I think I'm going to go with Elvis. Um, again, just because I like how you, you phrased it. Mike about just the sort of the the iconicity of some of those images and I think that will appeal to Academy of Voters I'm hoping that at the telecast they can have a moment where they have Oswald Cobblepot, Colonel uh, what's it, the Colonel? Tom Potter? Uh, Tom Parker Was that Tom Parker? Yeah Colonel Tom Parker and Oswald Cobblepot and Charlie from the Whale just all together, and it's like the three Eggman of this year's uh, Academy Awards. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think the whale is really the one that is getting the most buzz and attention this year, so it's it's compelling me to just give it that. Although I do think there was good makeup and higher styling in the Batman, but I think the whale is what will win. Yeah, I, I think to to our point of like most editing, I feel like the whale is definitely most makeup. But I am also inclined to say Elvis will win because I think a lot of us would just be like, man, they really made that guy who's not Elvis look like Elvis. Um, but I will say that, like, the Batman, I feel like there were a lot of people who were like, man, they really made Colin Farrell not look like Colin Farrell. Um, so I, I think... Mean, tr- really unrecognizable. Yeah, like, I, I, I saw that movie with my mom, and my mom was like, the credits came up, she was like, wait, who was Colin Farrell? Like, she had no idea. Um, so I, I think they deserve for that alone, but, but I think Elvis is probably the winner here as well. Um, okay, then, best cinematography. We have All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. I think... I think that this is... Uh, this is... This is ugh, these are all so difficult. Because how do you take something like All Quiet on the Western Front, which uh, I have not seen. It is on my list. I apologize. Um, but the bits of it that I have seen are spectacular and the cinematography of something like that or 1917 or these kinds of big sort of war epics they're so challenging it's so difficult to shoot these things and then you take that with something like empire of light i mean god roger deacon's just a master at his craft um and comparing the two i I, so i i'm i'm unsure um i do i do think perhaps this is where All Quiet on the Western Front will begin its 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 wins. It won big at some of the previous award shows, and I think this might be one of the ones that it will eke out. Yeah, it won it won best film at the BAFTAs. So. Yeah. Deacons, that's it. All right. One uh, word. <laughs> uh, I I also think it'll go to All Quiet on Western Front because uh, that is uh, a really really good looking movie, um, and a lot of it is outdoors. There's a lot, there's, they really contrast kind of night and day, um, lots of like, sort of like stuff by firelight. And I, it's, it's, um, I, I wish more movies looked like All Quiet on the Western Front, um, even if it wasn't my favorite movie of the year. Um, so yeah. Uh, best production design we, we have, once again, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar the Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and the Fablemans. <laughs> I'm gonna just keep repeating myself. Uh, how do you, I mean? How does one compare All Quiet on the Western Front and The Fablemans? Right. These are these are they could not be further apart. Um, both amazing production design, and and Elvis. I mean, the recreation of some of the um, the television shows and the stages and uh, seeing uh, the house in, in Memphis. I, its name escapes me graceland it's like it's it's difficult and again as much as i have a, a little soft spot for Catherine martin or Catherine martin as they say <laughs> uh i i i think this is uh this is going to go to uh, the fablemans oh yeah i actually agree i think it'll go to the fablemans too i believed it when they had that tablecloth with all the paper <laughs> plates and uh, picked it up it's like all those little details of the period yep. and the old moviola film editing equipment that 
young uh, Sammy Fableman had. Yeah, I mean it's it's it was very believable and uh, compelling. So I think it'll go to the Fablemans and John Ford's posters as well. Um, I think it'll actually go to Babylon because it's. I, I think this is. It's kind of like the most uh, that and Elvis are, I think are kind of like the most lavish production design, and it's you know it's a movie about Hollywood. I know obviously it was nominated for Best Picture, and I know it was a very polarizing movie. Um, but I think you can't really underestimate Hollywood's uh, tendency to self-flatter and um, being like, man, stuff sure looked pretty uh, in, in the 1920s when we ruled the world, I think, will be appealing to a lot of people. Can I also just say, since we're a bunch of movie nerds, uh, that it only just now occurred to me that Catherine Martin, who's done all of Baz Luhrmann's stuff, um, that is also the name of the senator's daughter, in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I had not even thought about that. Uh, it just just hit me. <laughs> Young Catherine can't wait much longer, Clarice. I wonder how much she's heard that in her life. It's um, a good question. Because that is a little niche, but... Uh, well, nope. she's here right now. Catherine, yeah. tell us. <laughs> if I ever get to interview, or any of us get to interview, we should ask her that question. For sure. Um... All right, best sound: All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun: Maverick. Uh, it, all Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's going to go to that. Even though I think Top Gun uh, is spectacular in its uh, in its sound production, um, I, I think it's it's going to go to All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I'm going to say Top Gun. Yeah, my feeling is that Top Gun is a movie that's literally about machines that create sonic booms and then carry things that create giant explosions. So uh, that's why I think it'll get it, but All Quiet on the Western Front, I mean, like like you said, Zach, it has a lot of support and, uh, you know, it recreates the sounds of war, at least to my knowledge. I've never been in a war, so I think And they were able to make sure to mute all of the sound whenever it came to the name of the country they were invading. <laughs> and they were also to take out all the sound whenever someone was going to refer to Kelly McGillis. True. So that's not easily done. No, it's not. Um, that that is a good point. If there were, if there were sound editing and sound mixing, I mean, we definitely win sound editing for that. Um, mm. Sound mixing might be a different thing. But anyway, uh, best original song. We have applause from "Tell It Like a Woman," which is like the token Diane Warren nomination. Um, Does she get nominated every year? Pretty much, and she never I, wins. I, Literally <laughs> never wins. Um, Hold my hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift me up from Black Can Black Black Panther. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Natu Natu from RRR, and This Is a Light from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I I gotta say, um, I've heard uh, I've heard all the songs. There is only one that I've like. Oh, I'm gonna go back and listen to that again. It's sort of a bop. As, as the kids say nowadays, it's a bop. Uh, and that's Hold My Hand. Mm. It, it's, a, it's, it's a bop. I can't help it. I think Gaga's going to be a multi-Oscar winning performer. I feel like she's got an EGOT at some point eventually, right? I don't know how she's going to get her Tony. Unless yeah. she does one of those like Alanis Morissette yeah. things where you know it's a show using all of her music. Mm -hmm. Which I think is quite possible. Mm hmm uh, yeah, I could see how she could do it. She's going to be in The Lion King on Broadway. <laughs> Let's see. 
um, really putting all my film knowledge to use here, determining the best song. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll say Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, there you go. All right. Um, as much as I would like to see Mitski win an Oscar, um, I think it's going to be Natu Natu because I just know that that won the Golden Globe. And it also soundtracks the like suspender dance scene that's like shared on Twitter all the time. Um, so it seems like it has the most visibility. And I think all like the RRR enthusiasm is, is going to go right there. Um, this is its sole nomination, right? It is, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, best original score. We have All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. I think this is going to get the, you know, sometimes what happens is they don't select the winner because of your performance or the, the work that you did for that particular nomination. It's more of like an honorary thing mm-hmm. where like, well, you should have won three years ago when you were nominated for that other thing, but we had to give it to the other person. So we're going to sort of re-honor you here. Uh, I think it's going to sort of be like that. And it's going to go to John Williams because of his impending retirement. And this will be his well, maybe not his final nomination, but if not his final, then his penultimate yeah, nomination. He, he is 91 years old. Um, so, uh, yeah, but, but he's, he's already won a bunch, but, but yeah, um, that, that, that's a good point. Um, for similar reasons, I think Justin Hurwitz is going to win. This might be his final nomination <laughs> um, due to his pending retirement. Um, you never know with these things. No, but really, I think um, they'll give it to the Babylon score. Just just to be cool. They want to be seen as cool, so they'll give it to Babylon. Um, is, is Babylon considered cool? It's <laughs> um, jazz, Mike. I, no, to be fair, I, I, love, I, I love that uh, score and, and do listen to it. Um, like Just like during the day. And I, I also think that's going to win like for that reason. Um, I think it's like actually like a legitimately like exciting jazz-based score. Um, just really, really cool stuff. And uh, I think it's probably the best part of that movie or one of the best parts like, of that movie. It's cooler than the Fableman score. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the thing is, like, I couldn't even tell you what the Fableman score sounds like, to be honest. But um, John Williams, of course, uh, a legend. And I will be sad if he retires. Um, anyway, uh, skipping the shorts, let's go to documentary feature. A bunch of movies I also have not won. Not, not, excuse me, I have not watched. Uh, All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. Uh, It is with great sadness that I tell you I have not seen any of them. Uh, I did see the uh, trailer for Navalny, which looked fascinating, and it is the one that I most want to see, but I could not tell you anything about the others. Uh, Fire of Love, that looked interesting from the trailer. So I say, give it give it to that. Yeah, uh, I've also not seen any of these, but my my guess is Navalny will win it. Navalny, excuse me, will win it because A, it's about like Vladimir Putin's most powerful domestic enemy. And that's that's like a pretty relevant thing right now. And uh, it's on HBO. And, and it's, it's probably easier for a lot of people to watch than some of these other movies, like easier to access. 
Um, so I, I can see it winning because of that. And you know, liberal Hollywood doesn't <laughs> like Putin. Yep. <laughs> like all the rest of red-blooded Americans in the flyover state, because we watch Fox News and we know that Putin's the good guy. Yep. Yeah, Tucker Carlson told me that. That's right. Um, Putin's actually all right. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of, of, of Hollywood elitist things, best international feature film. These, these, these subtitles and, and these dubs. Uh, all Quiet on the Western Front, which is from Germany. Argentina 1985, which is from Argentina. Close from Belgium. EO from Poland. And The Quiet Girl from Ireland. I think it's going to be all quiet on the Western Front, and I wouldn't be surprised if the, the somehow the tallies were leaked by those people over at, I don't know, uh, I can't remember the name of Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it, you know, won like 90 to 1. Yeah. Uh, I might have a personal bias, but I think EO is going to win. It's true. Uh, Lewis, Lewis stole Willem Dafoe's seat at the EO premiere. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of true but uh, uh yeah um i know someone who's working on the uh marketing for eo uh close personal friend aka my brother um so i i think eo eo will win it's been eo talk non-stop in my household um gotta give it to that little guy yeah, uh, as I say about about whenever a, an international film is nominated for Best Picture, it's like they would literally be violating the transitive property if they did not <laughs> if they did not vote for for that movie. So I think for that reason, All Quiet on the Western Front will win. But again, they're Hollywood elites. Maybe they think they're better than than, than rules of math and logic. Um, best animated feature film we have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. The Sea Beast and Turning Red. Uh, well, I I love Turning Red. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful film. I think the love is going to go to Marcel the Shell. Mm. Interesting. Uh, out of all of these, I've only seen Marcel the Shell with shoes on and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. In my personal opinion, I think it's kind of crazy that Marcel is nominated for Best Animated Feature Film, just because it's such a blend of live action and stop motion animation. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, I'm gonna give it to Pinocchio, which was a pleasant slash wonderful surprise. Um, Guillermo del Toro took the story of Pinocchio and made it into this interesting story about. Uh, Mussolini and fascism that's very relevant in the modern day um, and yeah so I'm going to give it to Pinocchio yeah I've only seen Turning Red I loved it I think it got like an absolute raw deal not having like a proper theatrical release um, and I'm excited to see what Domishi does next but I also think uh, Pinocchio is going to win um, it won the Golden Globe I think it's won a couple other awards and, you know, they have a chance to give, like, another, like, Oscar, not just an Oscar nominee, like, an Oscar winner in the past. Give him another Oscar for, like, a stop-motion animated movie. About, like you said, Lewis, about, like, the rise of fascism. Um, I think that, that'll probably be what, what ends up winning. Hollywood elites. Yep. Not, not a fan of fascism. <laughs> they're not. Um, which is a good thing. Uh, all right, best adapted screenplay. We have All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery living top gun maverick 
and women talking. It's funny because uh, I think that when I think of an adapted screenplay, I think of a, a film adaptation based on another medium. Mm-hmm. But several of these are adaptations of just another film's characters. Yeah. Top Gun, Glass, Glass Onion. I mean, Glass Onion, I think, is very well written. But is it really an adapted screenplay? I mean, it's just a sequel. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, sorry, Ryan Johnson, love you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a no. Uh, and I'm going to say it's going to go to the... Uh, the visual effects stunner <laughs> women talking if you could somehow combine the script for Top Gun Maverick and women talking you'd probably have the perfect movie but as it is now let's see um, what do I think will win I think All Quiet on the Western Front will win but I wouldn't be surprised if Glass Onion ended up winning um that's it i don't really have any strong feelings of who i would want to win yeah this is kind of like a weird field because i feel like there's really no clear-cut leader um and we do have the two non-best picture nominees um if glass onion did win then it would be the first well this is actually an interesting question do you know how long it has been can you name the last year when a non-best picture nominee won a screenplay award when a non-Best Picture winner yes. won a screenplay award. Uh, was that Jordan Peele? No, Get Out was nominated for Best Picture. I, mean, I, I, I meant nominee, not winner. Oh, you meant winner, not nominee. I meant a, a screenplay no, that no. won, but that but whose movie was not nominated for Best Picture. Oh, 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 oh Sorry. I got Stacey. Um, <laughs> was it like a Charlie Kaufman script? It was not. Although, actually, now that you say that, maybe it was. I don't think it was, though. Was it Borat? It was not. It's oh, I, you I'm are right, Lewis. It wasn't Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm. I I had thought it was Talk to Her, the Pedro Almodovar film, but uh, I was wrong. Um. So yeah, it's been almost twenty years since a, a non Best Picture nominee has has won a screenplay award. Um, I think it will also go to All Quiet on the Western Front because. As, as we've said, it's got a lot of support. I know some people have been kind of, like, upset by the way it changes. Because this is technically not an adaptation of, like, the movie that actually won Best Picture in the 30s. It's an adaptation of, of the novel that that movie's based on. Um, and apparently changes the ending. And I know some people have been kind of, like, uh, not, like, upset, but just kind of, like, they, they, they don't agree with the change. The Germans win. <laughs> right, yeah. Um... But, but but I think it, it's, it's going to win anyway. Um, with women talking, probably a close second is my guess. Um, but hey, you, you, able to write around the name of the enemy and Kelly McGillis, Top Gun Maverick. I mean, why not? Um, best original screenplay, we have The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. The fun fact with this category is that all of the nominees for Best Director are also nominated in this category, plus Tony Kushner. I do believe that this is going to go to the Daniels. I think the the originality of Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, 
is it just it, it puts it a, a, a step ahead. As much as the Banshees of Inishirin is more sort of classically well written, um, or even something like Tar, uh, is more sort of your standard Hollywood, you know, um, feasty food. Uh, I, I think this is where I think this is where they, there they will give it to the Daniels. Uh, yeah, this is a very uh, strong selection of nominees this year. I do think they will give it to everything everywhere all at once because it's the most original movie ever made (laughs) um i think i would like to see tar win for best original screenplay because it's your standard hollywood feasty feast (laughs) yeah um i also so there was like now that voting has ended there have been like the articles published where it's like we asked an, an, an anonymous oscar voter what they voted for. And somebody literally was like, I am voting for everything everywhere all at once to screenplay because it is the most original. And someone's like, well, that's not what they mean by original screenplay, but okay. Um, but I agree that it'll probably win. Um, you know, it, it is a fairly original idea. It jumps around a lot in these different kinds of timelines and universes. And I think people will be impressed by that. And I think it, it just has the potential to win a lot of awards in general. Um, speaking of which, let's go to Best Supporting Actor where we have Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan in The Banshees of Inisherin, and Kehi Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, it's, it's Kehi Kwan. I mean, he's won every award, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think almost every award that he's been up for this season, he has won, and rightly so. He does give... Not only does he give a spectacular performance, but you know the Academy loves a good story. Mm-hmm. And his story is amazing. It's, 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 it's awesome. And um, I think they, they will give it to Kiwi Kwan, even though, I mean, who doesn't love some Brendan Gleeson? Love him. Brian Tyree Henry, so glad he's getting his first Oscar nomination. Big, big fan. Judd Hirsch, of course, is great. And Barry Keoghan, I love him He's so awesome. much, but it will go to Kiwi Kwan. I don't know. You got to give it up for Druig. He's going to win. He's going <laughs> to clap when Druig wins. You know, actually, um, I think that he gives the best performance in that in that film. I think he has what, the best performance in that film. What film are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the Eternals. <laughs> Druig, the Eternals. I think he gives the best performance. I'd be lying if I... I don't even remember if we're talking about Brian Tiger Henry or Barry Keoghan now. <laughs> Barry Keoghan. Okay. You don't remember Druig, Mike? I No, I remember his it was character. The of Druig. I, I, I just don't remember their names. I remember... Oh, his name sounds like Druid. Um, but but I remember what he does. Like, I remember what happens. I just... Like I, said, I, like, I couldn't... That's the thing about that movie. I really don't remember any of their names outside of... Uh, was Icarus one of them? Gilgamesh, Icarus, uh, Athena, Athena, Makari. Who was um, Ajax? Selma Hayek plays Ajax. Oh, who was uh, Makari? Makari. Who was? Oh, now I can't even remember the actress's name. Angelina Jolie. No, she's Athena. That I remember. 
Um, not, not Athena, just Athena. Oh, Athena, that's right. <laughs> She's Athena. She is a person. Right, she Athena. is. She is Athena. Um, yes. No, like the lead, like the uh... Richard Madden. <laughs> no. Um, oh, Gemma Chan. Yes, Gemma Chan. Uh, Cersei. Okay, that makes sense. They're all like Greek mythology. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'll finish now. <laughs> my thought. Um, I do think Kehui Kehui Kwan. Mm-hmm. Made some sort of uh, monkey's paw, evil shopkeeper sort of wish where he was cursed with having to come up with new award acceptance speeches on the fly. <laughs> and he's like, got to be out of gas by now, right? It's just sad. He's going to have to come up with something. And it's like, we're already tapped out. Like, we have no more tears left to shed, no more plaudits left to give. It's going to just be like he's giving an award just to silence. He's going to be like, this is so meaningful. And it's like, yeah, we've heard it all already get off the stage and let's move on with our lives. But I, I think he's going to win. So you think he needs to pull a Merritt Weaver? Or a Joe Pesci. Either one. Yeah. Um, just say... It was... be, yeah, just, just give thanks to all the other nominees and then move off the stage. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's going to win. Like, it's not... The only the only award he lost was the BAFTA to Barry Keoghan. Um if I had a vote, I'd give it to, to, to Barry. I, I think he's awesome. I think he's incredible. Um, but, like, but, but Kei Kwan, very deserving. Like you said, Zach, a great story. Um, and, and we'll see what he does for, for, for his speech. His Golden Globes one was very good. Um, That's the only one I saw, too. Uh, best Supporting Actress, we have Angela Bassett in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Chao in The Whale, Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu and everything everywhere all at once. This one has become... I feel like of all the acting uh, races, this is the most unclear to me. Oh, yeah, this is the tightest race, for yeah. sure. Uh, Stephanie Hsu won The Independent Spirit. Jamie Lee Curtis won The SAG. SAG. Angela Bassett won The Golden Globe. Um, Carrie Condon won The BAFTA. Carrie Condon won The BAFTA. Hong Chao has not won any. I don't think she's won anything. Nothing major, at least. Uh, But I love Hong Chao. I I will admit that I had not seen Downsizing until just a couple weeks ago. Mm. And the movie's fine. It's 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 a good movie, but her performance is breathtaking. It is so good. Um, and so I, I I do love her, but. If I oh gosh, it, for me it's really between Jamie Lee Curtis and Angela Bassett. Uh, Angela Bassett is the one who gives the powerhouse performance. When I mean from the first Black Panther trailer, you know, oh shit, she bringing it, she bringing it today. Um, however, Jamie Lee Curtis, Hollywood royalty, has I, I think maybe deserves her due. Um, so uh, for me, it's between the two of them. Um, I don't know if Angela Bassett wins. I think I'll become incredibly depressed. But uh, <laughs> I think you got to give it up for Michael Erman Trout's daughter-in-law. Like, got to give it up for Carrie Condon. Woo! So uh, I don't know. There you go. I uh, I I am also a Carrie Condon fan. Um. And would probably vote for her. The thing with Jamie Lee Curtis winning is that it would actually annoy me a little bit, just because she would beat out like what I think is a much better performance in that in, in the same movie, 
in the form of Stephanie Shu. Um, but I also won't be shocked if she won it. But I don't know. I, I am getting a Carrie Conan vibe from this race. I just feel like Banshees was nominated for a lot, and I don't think it's going to win a lot. But if it does win something, it'll be this award. I'm probably going to be very wrong. Um, you know, Angela Bassett, Jamie Lee Curtis, deserving careers. Bassett, very good in Black Panther, Wakanda forever, even though it is all like in the trailer. Um, but it seems like her campaign may have run out of steam, but I don't know. My, my very tenuous uh, prediction is Carrie Condon, but I will probably be wrong. But you got you got you got you got to make some bold some bold choices. Um, best actress we have Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough that's an interesting little story in Till Leslie, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, clearly Andrea Riseborough is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could happen. Like I. I, I don't think it's I, that's no. not my official prediction, but I think it could happen. It's she's gonna win, and then we're gonna finally find out who she is and what she looks like when she gets <laughs> up on stage. Um, this one um, is between Kate uh, Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, uh, that, that's really who this is between. The rest of them, lovely. Well, two of them, uh, others are lovely, and um, while I mean. Kate Blanchett has already won three Academy Awards. She is. This would be your third. She's won two. I'm sorry. She's won two. I think. Right. She's gonna win three with with Tar. But it's the Aviator and Blue Jasmine are the only other two she won, right? And no, she's won a third. Um, Lord of the Rings. Oh no! I guess yeah. She has including two Academy Awards. I could have sworn that she won a won a. One a third. Okay, I guess I am just losing my mind. Should have won for Elizabeth, but Gwyneth Paltrow beat her instead. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> and that pink fucking dress. Anyway, um, okay, so yeah, so she she might win her third. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I want it to go to Michelle Yeoh because I think that this is one of those sort of honorary Oscars once again. Yes, she deserves it outright for her performance. It's, it's a spectacular. Uh, however, I think this is going to be one of those uh, moments to honor someone who has been in this business for a long time and has done some incredible work. And also, she's the first Asian woman to be nominated, first sort of openly Asian woman to be nominated. Um because there was a previously nominated person back in the 30s who was South Asian, but she was very white passing and she never claimed her Asian side. She just sort of claimed white. So she's sort of, you know, first openly sort of Asian person. Anyway, it's, um, I, th- I, I, I think it needs to go to her. We need to honor the magnificence that is Michelle Yeoh. Tar all the way, baby. <laughs> Lewis, tar, tar, tar. Lewis is a tar head. Um, yeah, I uh, I would have no problem with either Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yeoh winning. I think it'll probably be Kate Blanchett. Um, and it's funny because I'm not usually like actually. Kate Blanchett is very hit or miss for me. I, I think, I think she is a very like. Uh, I don't consider her a very immersive actress. I think I can always tell that she's acting if that makes any sense um it's not very naturalistic but but she's good in tar she's very imposing very kind of uh 
enigmatic, I guess. Um, but Michelle Yeoh too, I think also. What you know, I, I think it is like a um, impressively kind of like the thing about Michelle Yeoh is like she is obviously like this very kind of glamorous and elegant movie star. And I actually think she does a very good job of portraying like a, a normal person with also these weird interdimensional abilities in this movie. Um, so either of them, I, I, I'd be fine with. I think it'll probably be Kate Blanchett, but uh, I won't really be super surprised either way. But like I said, Paul Schrader said he's voting for Andrea Riseborough, and you know how friendly and popular Paul Schrader is with a bunch of people, so um, it could happen. I'm just saying. Um, best actor, which is a race that got more complicated than I thought it would become. Uh, Austin Butler and Elvis, Colin Farrell and the Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser and the Whale, Paul Mescal and Aftersun, and Bill Nighy in Living. I think that, well, I ha- I have to give a tip of the hat to Paul Mescal because I do think he is a that th- that kid is going some kid. I mean, he's in his mid twenties, but <laughs> he is going somewhere, and we're going to see so much more of him. If you have not seen Normal People, I mean, that show is just. Uh, incredible and he won um, several awards for it which is great um, and while so th- this is another one this is really between two people this is between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser um, Austin they both sort of won um, in, uh, throughout the, the previous awards during this this season I think it's a coin toss I really I think it's six of one half a dozen of the other or as Aaron Sorkin would say it's six to five and pick them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really liked Austin Butler in Elvis, and I would like it if he won, but I unfortunately, he did not wear the Elvis fat suit at the end, which would have put him over the top to where I think Brendan Fraser is now for The Whale. So I think Brendan Fraser's going to clinch it. I, that's it's interesting to hear you two say that, and I've seen a lot of this chatter kind of online. I still think it's going to be Austin Butler, if only because this would be the first time in a while we had... Uh, nobody win it like if brendan fraser won it'd be the first time in a while we'd have nobody win for playing a real person um which i think is like is not a trend i like um, yes lydia tar mike <laughs> touche she does have a wikipedia article and a new yorker q a doesn't she um and a twitter account um so my my inklings people are just gonna austin butler incredible in that movie for whatever problems they may have with it um, I, I I just think he's probably gonna win, but Brendan Fraser obviously number two, um, as well. And like like you know like with Kehei Kwan, a, a great story, a guy who Hollywood had kind of seemed to have given up on, and is now back, um, doing. A, I actually haven't seen the whale, but what people tell me is awards worthy work. Um, if I had a vote though, I would actually vote for Paul Mescal. I would vote for the former future Mister Phoebe Bridgers. Um. I it I watched After Sun and as it began I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like this and then I ended up really enjoying it and he was a big reason why just like a very naturalistic, um, deeply felt performance from that guy, um, and I'm Irish so why not? Um, anyway, uh, Levito is an Irish name. <laughs> no, but McGovern, my mother's maiden name is. Ah, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Levito is very Italian. I was, uh, I was thinking that feels very Italian. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but it's weird because Costello is an Irish last name, and it feels like that should be Italian. But um, I'm not a Costello, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, 
Uh, best director, we have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. I think it's going to go to the Daniels. I think the the feat of taking uh, this incredibly complex film and turning it into something that's comprehensible and uh, powerful, and they shot it in 39 days in Semi Valley in a like abandoned office building. Um, very difficult to do, and I think that their their vision of the film was uh, delivered uh, beautifully. And something that was so easily, uh, could easily be twisted into something that was sort of hokey and confusing. They kept it very grounded, very real, and very understandable, uh, regardless of the, the fantasticality of it. And I'm sorry, um, did you just make a silent scene with text and rocks? Did you just make me cry with, with rocks and subtitles? Uh, so yeah, so I get I got to give it to to the Daniels. Todd Field all the way, baby. <laughs> it's a tar stand, tar uh, train, <laughs> all aboard the tar train. He he is on the that the scene in Tar when when everybody's protesting her book signing or whatever. He's on the other side of the street saying how much he loves her. Um, yeah, it, it'll it'll go to Daniels I think because everything ever once I think is. Um, probably gonna win like i said a lot of other stuff and and i think they've really been charming uh the the award circuit recently and um yeah i I just don't see it going anywhere else although i would actually i really love the fableman steven spielberg waited like 60 years to make this movie like he literally had to wait for his parents to die before he felt comfortable making this movie and i really feel like he just kind of cuts out his heart and gives it to us on a plate um so I, I, I can't help but respect him for that. Um, all right, so we've gotten to Best Picture. Um, we're pr- pretty efficient time-wise with all those other categories. And how... Well, so I, I I don't say this to brag because I don't think it's something brag-worthy. I did actually see all the Best Picture nominees. Mike, um, you're so cool. <laughs> you are so cool, man. <laughs> what, what What's everybody else's status as far as having seen or not seen the nominees? passing i've seen seven out of ten okay <laughs> um all quiet seen... is just not available you know at the drop of a hat <laughs> it's like can i just watch this you know whenever i want i just i can all right i've seen half of them okay well i figure what we do is that we would just kind of like for the ones we have seen we would just give our quick sort of little capsule review of each one and then we can talk about what, what we think should win so uh all quiet in the western front i think i'm the only person here who's seen it um good movie but very well made but in some respects it's just another war movie is how i feel um but i would still encourage people to see it avatar the way of water i considering that i think probably billions of people have seen this i think we've all seen it what what are our thoughts on avatar the way of water i think it's it is it's a tremendous film i mean it is an accomplishment um that the, that the film came to be obviously it's a it's a technical wonder it's a step up from the first avatar film um and i think that they will probably continue to get nominated each year probably the final the fifth and final film when it comes out in 2047 i believe 
uh, will probably be then the big winner, uh, sort of like the way the, the Return of the King was. They sort of wait till the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's worthy of a Best Picture nom, but I don't think it's going to win. I, I like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just simple storytelling is back, baby, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I... Uh, like, I... I Avatar... Um, I don't know. My thing with James Cameron is that he is a technical wizard who writes scripts that I think are often kind of weak and at their worst, a little embarrassing, if I'm being honest. Um, write, a, write a script yourself, Mike. Well, write a better one. Put true. your money where your mouth is. It's true. I, I that, that that is a good point. If if the uh, what's that line from Birdman? A, a critic, a man becomes a critic when he can't create art the same way a man becomes an informer when they can't be a soldier. Something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know, but but like but but with that being said, I think you can make an argument that this is like the best action movie since Bad Max Fury Road. Like the third rack is third act, excuse me, is astounding. Um, really incredible stuff. Even if I found Spire to be very annoying. Um, the Banshees of Inish Sharon, have we seen this? Yes. I mean, this is uh, um, catnip for the Academy Awards. You know, it's a it's a UK you know drama and you know it, it's very hoity-toity so of course we're going to honor it by giving it a best picture nom yeah it's uh, kind of a surprising nom because it's such like an irish irishy movie um that seems very un-hollywood but uh, i liked it i'm a fan of mr martin mcdonough and his sort of style and i, I enjoyed the film a great deal yeah, I, I was not a fan of Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I, I actually don't think Barton McDonough writes Americans very well. So I was glad he went back to his his home of Ireland and, and made a movie that I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed how this movie is, is kind of like, it just feels like a weird story you would hear about an ancestor from the old country and like a weird grudge they held. Uh, so I enjoyed it from that respect. Um this movie we've talked a lot about uh, already. Elvis. What, what do we think about Elvis? I know you were a fan of this, Lewis. Yeah, I was. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Um, really powerful film about this legendary figure who I feel doesn't get talked about much anymore in the realm of music the way that the Beatles still are. Um, this is notably the first really attempt at making like an Elvis film. There was the John Carpenter TV movie with Kurt Russell, but this is like the first real movie about Elvis, and uh, I think it was really good, really worth the wait. Yeah, I think you know every every so often, pretty frequently, you got to have a good musical biopic at the Academy Awards, and this is this year's, and I think it's a lot more successful than some of the previous biopics you know that have been done over the years <coughs> uh, <coughs> um, uh, so yeah I, yeah it's 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 super fun it's it's classic Baz Luhrmann it is yeah it's uh I thought it was okay I Austin Butler obviously great I I appreciate Baz Luhrmann more than I enjoy his work I would say um you know who, who else is gonna think to sort of like meld toxic with a little less conversation during that wedding scene. Um, it's very, I, I guess I found this movie very chaotic and not always in a good way, but 
like you said, I there, there was no way this wasn't going to be nominated. Um, and no way Austin Butler wasn't going to either. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, sort of the the big the big story at this Academy Awards. And, and a little bit of a polarizing movie in some respects, I think. Um, what, I, what, what, it sounds like you, you're a big fan, Zach. Yeah, a big fan. This is my pick. This is the one that I think is going to win. Um, not only because of it being such a, a, a different sort of original story in the way that it's told, uh, but the fact that at its heart, it's sort of a classic story of um, a family trying to come together and uh, this the strained relationship between mothers and daughters and, uh, you know, regular working class person just trying to, you know, just trying to sludge through life and sort of get through the day. Uh, and it's when you take the the most ordinary of persons and then you put them in an extraordinary situation. Um, I think that's, I think that's just great filmmaking. So I think it's 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 my my front runner to win. It was okay. <laughs> I liked Swiss Army Man better. All right, um, I haven't seen Swiss Army Man. Everything Ever Once I think will also end up winning. I, it's one. I mean, after not winning at the Globes and not winning at the Baptist, it's won pretty much everything else. Um, true to its name, I guess. Uh, I have an immense amount of respect for the craft of this movie and for the cast. I have nothing bad to say about it, except for whatever reason, it didn't connect with me the way it did other people. Um, but I respect that a movie like this will probably end up winning and has made such a wave. And I think that's ultimately a good thing for Hollywood, even if this is not a movie I see myself returning to often. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's just my feelings on it. Um, the Fablemans. Uh, this is actually probably, if I had a vote, I, this would actually be my number one pick. Um, I found it very moving and I just, there was something about kind of like the episodic structure that I really appreciated. And I think it's a little weirder than most people anticipated and, and kind of appreciate It's a love, a love letter to Steven Spielberg, one of the greatest living directors of our, you know, of all time, and it it is it is a beautiful story, and it's beautifully told, and Tony Kushner is a god among men, and yeah, I, I mean, if 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 everything everywhere all once does not win, I think the Fablemans is the the next choice. Yeah. I mean, Steven Spielberg's just like, he's the kind of guy, he just has it in him that he wants to tell stories, and the medium that he chooses is the medium of film and filmmaking. And he made this film sort of about that impulse from a young age and how it sort of affected him in his early life and his attempts to like encourage that within him. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, as someone who also feels creative impulses, I related to a lot of it. And also someone who's raised Jewish, I related to a lot of it. And, you know, um, people, I think people sleep on Spielberg too much these days. I remember when I was growing up, he was talk of a lot of film textbooks and stuff. And uh, this, this film kind of proves why he's just a master in his craft. Late, late period Spielberg, I think, will become a thing. Um, 
after he's he's no longer at the forefront. Uh, yeah, also didn't realize Steven Spielberg lived in New Jersey for a little bit. That's a big thing I learned in this movie. Um, Tar, Lewis, I don't think you like this movie very much, did you? No. <laughs> kind of hackneyed. No, I mean, it's only just like a fully realized portrait of a fictional person that, you know, classic tragedy filmmaking lots of stuff going on in terms of style and tone apparently there's hidden messages and meanings to it that's kind of like breaking a lot of people's brains because there hasn't really been a film of this sort of quality and caliber in recent years but i mean that's it it's yeah it's 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 good it's um i think it's uh it's it's a great film and i'm glad it's getting all the recognition but I, I, just, I don't think it's going to be the, the winner this year. Yeah, uh, neither do I. My, my thing of Tar is I think the way that I took it was that if you took the most pretentious character from a Wes Anderson movie, but you made a movie from their perspective, I think that's what Tar is. Like, and I think that's maybe why like it's breaking some people's brains, where it's like, I think you're not supposed to take her as seriously as she takes herself. And I, I read it... There's something almost comedic about this movie that I read into it. Um, but yeah, well made, but but not... Uh, will we'll definitely be an also ran. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Did, did, did we like Top Gun? Did, did we feel hatred for the enemy that who, who shall not be named? <laughs> uh, to me, this was th- the most fun film. I think it was the most accessible film for folks. And with, had there been a, a, a fan favorite, it probably would be this one. It's the one that I believe this is the one that made, no, not the most money. Avatar probably made the most money. But it's probably number two in terms of box office. Um, it is super fun. I mean, Tom Cruise, whatever his personal life may, may, may bring, um, can make a great action film. He can do some amazing stunts. He's up there flying a jet. I mean, it's incredible. And Christopher McQuarrie is um, uh, equal to the task. So, uh, yeah, this is a super, super, super fun film. Lewis? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I enjoyed the film, too. Tom Cruise is... He's, he's in, his producing work is interesting. He seems to bet big on himself, and it pays off a lot um so um yeah I, I really enjoyed it i mean he delayed the film for so long appetites were so wetted after um the end of the pan uh, the, the pandemic um and um yeah i mean you know the the results speak for themselves audiences seem to love it in terms of the money it generated and the feedback it received and uh it's good that it's getting this kind of Oscars recognition because it shows like the Oscars can be fun. You know, movies are fun. They're meant to be popular entertainment. So, um, yep, there you go. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that's been said. Um, and I think it's like, I found, like, I, I do think like the Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer scene, I actually found that like incredibly moving. Um, and it, it read to me as kind of like, a, it just read to me as like a metaphor of like a Hollywood that no longer exists. Um, the 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 world where like a Val Kilmer who was never a sort of like Robert De Niro level like prestige guy but was also never like Tom Cruise fame wise 
could be very successful. Um, and now it seems like that kind of sort of middle class, quote unquote, of like popular filmmaking is being crowded out by like the big franchise stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I maybe I read too much into it, but but uh, I, I found that quite powerful, especially considering the, all the all the practical practical effects. Excuse me, that went in, went into this. I'm losing my voice. Jeez. Um, Triangle of Sadness. Did, did either of you watch this? I did not. I did, and it stinks. I do not like this movie. I think it is tedious. I think it is obvious. There's literally a scene where a communist American and a capitalist Russian quote Marx and Reagan at each other. Um, I didn't like outright hate it. There are some funny moments, but it, to me, it was, um, it, it was something that I thought it was very clever when it was saying maybe some of the most obvious class commentary possible. Um, so I would actually avoid this movie if I were you. Um, what about women talking? Well, I was going to say I was a big fan of uh, his previous film, The Square, which won the Palme d'Or, Ruben Oslin. So I, I've been meaning to check it out. I've heard lots of polarizing things, which I think is good for some certain films to definitely be challenging. Yeah, I've heard good stuff about The Square. And then what's the other movie he made? He did Force Majeure, I think. Yes, yes. I know people like Force Majeure, too. I'm sure those are fine, but uh, Triangle of Sadness was not for me. I want to know what shape he does next. <laughs> the sphere. What is this already a movie, isn't it? The circle. Uh, yes. With Tom Hanks. Um, women talking. Did we see this? I did not. I saw that title and I was like, nope. No. That, <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I was I was intrigued by the trailer because I was like, what is this film about? But I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, I I, I I saw it. I it, it's good. Um, it's 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 more or less a courtroom drama, but they're not in an actual court. They're they're in a barn, um, talking about what they should do. Um, it it felt like at points a repository for kind of every conversation we've had around. I think, um, sort of sexual assault and gender in the past half decade, which sometimes to its benefit, sometimes not. But uh, Jesse Buckley. If you like Jesse Buckley, and I know you do, Lewis, like, oh my god. Like, she tears through this movie. Uh, not tears through. She stands out in this movie the way that, in my mind, that, like, Orson Welles stands out in The Third Man, and, like, Robert De Niro stands out in Mean Street. She's clearly working on another level from everybody else. Um, and she's awesome. I can't get enough of Jesse Buckley. Um, right, so that's, that's pretty much it. We, we did it. We, we predicted the Oscars correctly. Um, any final thoughts on, on this whole exercise? It's going to be a great night. Yeah, um, great night. Hopefully everyone stays six feet apart, not just for <laughs> their, um, in terms of health, but also like their safety. Mm. Stay in arm's reach away from everyone else, um, and everything will be fine. I was glad to see that they now have a what they called it the crisis like a, response team yeah a crisis response team it was one of my questions that i had after it happened the slap happened was like is there not a plan set in place for when something happens i mean th there's a plan set in place for when things happen in terms of the wrong award the wrong name being said you know it's obviously happened with moonlight um 
So we know that there are people on standby for these kinds of things. And I thought is that they didn't, they have no plan for when things like this happen. Uh, but I guess now they, they will. Yeah. I, I, I don't want anything to happen, but I'm curious what exactly that is. Um, if they just put a police tape around the stage, if something weird happens, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to the Oscars. Um, even when they, uh, they disappoint they're still always fun to talk about and thank you guys for talking about them with me um zach where, where where can people find you on the internet you can find me over on the with a gay twist podcast where my cohort mason and i talk about news and politics but with a gay twist and you can find us at www.withagaytwist.com how about you lewis um, I'm a contributor to the Post Rider website, and I'm the host of a podcast there called The Visitors Might Be Listening. Right now we're in the middle of a series talking about the Planet of the Apes movies. Our most recent episode, we talked about the film Escape from the Planet of the Apes, which I think features an Academy Award-winning performance from Mr. Roddy McDowell playing the ape Cornelius. Um, so definitely check that out if you're interested. Yeah, um, and I am Mike Flavito. You can find my work on the Post Rider I'm on, I'm on The Visitors as well. I also do Politics Express with Lars Emerson. And I do... Well, we do Fortress of Ineptitude, Lewis and I, in the Pony Express feed where we talk about the, uh, the maligned and forgotten comic book movies of years past. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at MLVito and on Letterboxd at Ameramike. Um, but we've taken up enough of your time already. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Zach and Lewis, for joining me. And uh, join us next time on the Pony Express.